0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I want to start off by, by quoting to you our vision statement. Because um, I think it's important for us to just always remember that and keep it before us. And our vision statement says this Our vision is to advance God's kingdom on earth by hosting his presence and building a healthy family of powerful revivalists who are advancing the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And so the, the goal really is to see the kingdom advance, right? And, it, and the, pr- the most important aspect of that is hosting his presence, because there's nothing more important than God showing up. And you know, amazing as it is, Jesus' name is Emmanuel, God is with us. What's up, angel? What's up? Angel is with us too, by the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that's bold. You come in and you sit right in the front, and, and then here I am with the microphone. And so that, that's, that's Oikos right there, girl. Awesome. Well, (laughs) so happy you're here. Yeah, so Jesus' name is Emmanuel. God is with us. And 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 that's what that's why he came. That's what he that's why he came in a manger. That's why he died on the cross. It's because he wanted to be amongst his people. And so his presence, there's nothing more important than God being near and us being near to him. Amen. And so so we're we're wanting to advance God's kingdom. And the most important thing that we can do is to host his presence. But with that, um, we, we need to build a healthy family. And so we've been focusing a lot on God's version of the church and what he's building and, and learning that it's not just about a, a, a gathering of people coming together and just doing the thing. It's, it's literally like God has, has defined it as it's his family, and we've read lots of verses in the Bible that, that define the church as God's family, all right? And so um, I, I remember, if you've been with us for a few years, you'd probably remember a few years ago, we kind of boiled down our vision to, to three quick statements, and it's these things. It's know God, build family, then change the world. You remember that? Yeah. Let's say that. Know God, build family, change the world. And it's in that order. Okay. It's not and it's not you just do one and then you do the next and then you do the next. You do one and you keep building on that and then you build more. And then from there you do the more. Okay. So we've been focusing on building family, building the church. And and we've been talking about um, if, if you've been with us through these weeks, you've been learning some Greek words. All right. I'm a word nerd, by the way. And, and I'm becoming a Greek geek, and I'm trying to help you guys geek out with me on the Greek. Um, but, you're, you know, you've been hearing some words over and over, and I'm, I'm doing that on purpose because I'm trying to get these concepts fresh on our minds and strong in our hearts, okay? But we, we've been talking about this word oikos. The word oikos is, is um, it's written in the Bible often as the word house. And when it says they went house to house... It's oikos to oikos. But oikos is more than just the structure that people live in. It actually is household, and it actually means family. So when it says they go from house to house, it really means they're going from the family units to family units. Does that make sense? All right, so we're trying to become an oikos. We're working on it, and we're, we're actually becoming it. As a matter of fact, Wednesday when we came and we did this thing, that was oikos working together. All right, it's pretty cool. And we've been meeting on Wednesday nights every other week, and we've been calling it Oikos nights lately because we're doing family. We're trying to open our hearts together and do, and do this stuff communally, not just, not just sitting there listening to a sermon, which is important, but, but also we've got to take that. We've got to learn how to apply it relationally amongst one another, right? All right, so Oikos is, is where we're, we're knitting our hearts together, we're, we're, we're getting into the lives of one another. We're learning how to know one another and let other people know us. And so we're, we're, it's a heart exchange. It's, it's showing up and being present with one another. Okay? It's not, it's not just showing up in body but checked out in mind. It's not just showing up in body and doing our time, but we're sitting there flicking through our phones the whole time. It's connecting at a heart level. It's getting to know each other. Okay? It's being invested in one another. It's learning how to know one another after the spirit, not just after the flesh. All right? Amen? And then there's the word that's repeated often in the New Testament called fellowship, which the Greek of that word is koinonia. Everybody say koinonia. It's not cornucopia. All right? It's koinonia. And I heard you guys say cornucopia. I'm just joking. All right, but koinonia is fellowship and it's 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 beyond just surface level. It's actually getting into the hearts and lives of one another. It's life on life, spirit on spirit. It's it's giving and receiving from one another. It's it's the kind of connection that you know we're going to leave better than we showed up. Okay? Koinonia. All right, everybody said again, koinonia. And so as we're building healthy church, healthy family, oikos, koinonia, we're, we're becoming kingdom community, and people use that word a lot, community, there's a lot of churches that have the word community in it, and that's great, but community needs to be way more than just showing up and doing time together, doing something together, because you, to, you can go to the American Legion and do that, Okay. But, but it's, it's getting into the hearts, the lives, and centered around Jesus Christ, and we're building towards um, the kingdom of God together, community. And so it's, it's having fellowship built around common unity, okay? Community, common unity. Make sense? Community. Actually, true community in the kingdom, there's, there's unity that goes together. So there needs to be unity of vision, unity of purpose, unity of mission, okay? It's not just unity of, let's just hang out and try to say the same things together. We're going after something together. It's community, okay? Now, when you, when you have unity of vision, you, if, if you have multiple people bringing different visions and we're trying to, I want my vision to happen. No, I want mine to happen. More than one vision can create division, Okay? So there needs to be unity of vision where where there's there's common goals, there's common mission, there's there's oneness of mind, oneness of heart. Not not just what the loudest person in the room wants, it's God's mission. Amen. So it's one heart, one mind. That's what we're trying to build. And by the way, it's doing really well. <laughs> I feel really good about where we're at, and and there's just more. God's gonna take us to even greater places. And he wants to do greater things. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Jesus said in John 13, 35, he said, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There, there's something that's really important to God about us doing really well at loving our brothers and sisters in the Lord. A lot of people have such a, a vision and a passion in their hearts to, to go out of the church and to and to change the world but sometimes people have such a passion for that that they lose heart for the actual church but Jesus didn't say the world the people of the world are going to know you you're my disciples if you love them i'm not saying we don't love them absolutely we do he he did teach that <laughs> all right but but he but in this statement he's saying they're going to know who you are by how you love one another so like Jesus is actually trying to Create priorities. He's trying to show us that his family and it needs to be our family, and we need to love our brothers and sisters really well. And if the world can see us really love another well the way that he wants it to, they're going to be able to see Jesus Christ. They're going to know who you are, not by what you say, but by the growing love radiating out of you. I need to change my microphone, I think. This thing's muting. Can you hear me? Hopefully this one's better. All right, so so when when we're centered around Christ, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we love one another the way Jesus wants us to, the people are going to be able to see a love that they're going to be like, whoa, I've never seen that before, and that's what I'm missing in my life. Amen. And then like two chapters later, Jesus... He, he takes it a little deeper and he says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends, to lay down one's life for his friends. So when Jesus is talking about loving one another, the, the world's going to be able to see who, who you are. They're going to be able to see that you're my disciple. He's talking about a kind of love that's willing to lay life down for one another. Okay. A kind that says, "I'm gonna, I'm going to value you even above my value for me." That's where the rubber hits the road. <laughs> that's that's where where the the cap gets put on this thing, is when we when we love only when it's comfortable. We love only when it's convenient, and Jesus is like, "Whoever said that it's supposed to be convenient? Like I died on the cross." <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like he, he, he doesn't want us to be living our lives just for our own sakes, our own dreams or whatever it is. That doesn't mean we, that we don't have those because God gives them to us. But, but we, we have to be willing to invest ourselves in the family in a way that says, I'm going to prioritize the whole and the others above even my own thing. Jesus said it. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. He 's not just talking about um, are you willing to take a bullet for somebody if if it's you or them like that like sometimes people can have heroic hearts and say yes, but but what about the day to day? Are you willing to take up your cross daily and lay it down for those around you? Hallelujah this is I'm feeling popular in the moment that's that's, where this, that's what my job up here is to do is to say the things that make me feel popular. <laughs> All right. Now, you know, when Jesus says these things, it doesn't mean that he's expecting us to, have, to be close and best friends with everybody. Okay. There, there's a difference between having an agape love, which, by the way, agape is another Greek geek word, Agape, it means unconditional love. It means I'm going to love you no matter what you did. Unconditional. There's no conditions. I'm giving this to you. It's not motivated by you. It's motivated by Jesus through me. I'm going to give it to you even if you don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. You don't. You may not either. I'm going to give it to you anyway. That's unconditional love. Agape, that's what Jesus is talking about. Amen? And so we we do like... He, he didn't like say, agape love to your best friends, but you don't have to with other people. All right? Hey, you, you, agape love with your spouse, but you don't have to with the other people. No, actually, he wants us to agape love with anybody that we come in contact with. <laughs> have you heard this phrase, love the one in front of you? Doesn't mean you have to go and try to do love to every single person in the world, but how about just do good at loving the person who's in front of you? You know, that, that breaks it down into a bite-sized piece. But sometimes the one in front of you is the most annoying person in the world. And you're like, I don't think I, I, I've... <laughs> yeah. All right, so Jesus, he, he actually taught us to, to love our neighbors ourselves, Right? And so we can, we can love our neighbors ourselves. and let me just make sure I position myself with the neighbors I want to love like that. <laughs> let, let, me, let me avoid the ones that I don't want to have to do that with and get myself near the ones that it's easy to do that with. That's what we humans tend to do. <laughs> and, and I'm not exempting you, by the way. You probably do it too. All right, But Jesus is actually saying, like he, he taught it, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Who's my neighbor? And then he gave the story of the, of the, the good Samaritan, right? And you guys know the story. The guy was, he was beaten and laying there dying. He's robbed. And then the, the priest walks by him. Oh, that wasn't the neighbor. Then the other guy walks by him. Oh, that wasn't the neighbor. And then who was it? It was the Samaritan, the guy who was actually despised by the, by the Jewish culture, that nobody really thought was worth anything, came by, and he cared for that person. He met that person. He, he loved the one in front of him. Okay, He wasn't seeking him out, but he happened to come across him loving the one in front of him. And so Jesus says, who's the neighbor? It was the Samaritan. Wow. The one who was willing to love the one in front of him despite prejudices. Despite anything that would tell him that I don't need to do this. I'll move on. I've got better things I can do. I've got other people I'd rather be hanging out with. No, that guy, like, he took care of that dude. Right? Yeah. You guys know that story. <clears throat> but Jesus is basically saying, who, do, who are you supposed to love? Anybody that you come in contact with. You, you, we don't get to pick and choose. As a matter of fact, sometimes God intentionally picks and chooses the ones that makes it the most challenge. (laughs) Like we we don't get to pick who we're going to love and not love. He said, love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? The person near you. The person who you you bump into or whatever the situation is. We have to choose to, to enter into the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ if it's hard. But Jesus was nailed on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So he doesn't actually give us the permission to avoid people, to position ourselves with the ones that it's easy to do that with. He's telling us we need to love everybody with that same agape, unconditional love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Guys, this is where the rubber hits the road. You want revival? This is where the rubber hits the road. Okay? But with all that said, like Jesus is saying, like we got to bring the same type of love to all people. But, but that, again, that doesn't mean that we have to become best friends and open the, the deepest recesses of your heart to people that you haven't built trust with. And Jesus demonstrated exactly the healthy way to do it. Because Jesus, um, he had his 12 disciples and they were his closest friends. That was probably his closest oikos family unit that he had, okay? But even within the 12, um, he had his three inner circle friends, Peter, James, and John, that he was so close to them in a special way that, that he was like, I, I want to bring them into the more vulnerable things. And, and like, he took them up on the mount where, where he was transfigured. Mm-hmm. Where, where God allowed them to see who Jesus really was when he peeled the mask of humanity off his face. And they saw him in his true glory. <laughs> That's intimate. And, and even after it happened, Jesus said... I don't want you to tell anybody what you just experienced until after I resurrect from the dead. Like Jesus had his 12, but he had this closer, intimate relationship with these ones where he's like, this was so intimate, I don't even want you to tell the other nine yet. Okay? You guys, you guys following me? Yes. And then within the three, he had his one. John the Beloved. The, the one who was so close to Jesus that when they were just reclining, he would lay his head on Jesus' chest. And then he could ask him questions that nobody dared to ask. There's different levels. And we all need to have different levels of types of relationships. And it's healthy. It, it's, it's not a matter of rejection for the others. It's simply, I need to steward the capacities of my heart. I need to I need to have... The, the people who are close, it's got to be fewer. The closer it's got to be the fewer because I can't spread myself too thin to too many people in that way. I got to manage me well so I can show up well to everybody else when it's time. Okay? Jesus never passed somebody by and didn't love them. He, did, he, he never um, denied somebody the love encounter of their lifetime when it needed to show up. Jesus always was able to show up and give people an encounter that, that changes their lives. He didn't love those people any less, but he, had, he also had to, he, he, he managed himself well in a way to where he didn't overspend himself because he, you, you see what I'm saying where it's like, I, I just have to dish myself equally to all people. He, he, he did it so that he can actually, when he does show up, he's got the best to give people. It, like, we, we tend to think of boundaries in a way of, I'm going to have a boundary uh, to protect me from you, but really, the, the right heart with boundaries should be, I'm going to have boundaries so I can protect the, the thriving vibrancy of my heart so that when I can show up, I'm going to be able to give you the best version of me I can. That was powerful, what I just said. <laughs> and Jesus managed himself well. I, my point is, like, I, I don't want to put a false pressure on people that, that we have to give the same measure of vulnerable love to every person, but we do still need to be able to show up and love well every time there's somebody in front of us. come on. Yeah. But we also need to seek the Lord to help, how, to help him, have him show us how can I cultivate those closer ones? Because we need that. <laughs> okay? We all need it. Jesus had one really deep. Then he had three really deep and intimate too. And then he had his 12 powerfully deep. they, they he, he, he discipled them. He was in their lives. He was training them and, and changing their lives and making them people who are going to literally change this entire globe. That's wild. You can't do that. With, you can't do that level of discipleship with people that you're not intimately connected with. Okay? <laughs> and he took three and a half years. Like, he, he didn't just do it in a, you know, a, a three-week program. All right, and but then Jesus, like he had the seventy, he had, and he he invested himself into them in a powerful way. And then there's the more Every, everywhere he went, like like there's people who are saying, Jesus, son of John, Jesus, <Pharaoh> sorry, I can't even talk, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And like he, those people weren't even part of his circle. But what did he do? He stopped in his tracks and he came and he gave them the most amazing love encounter they could ever imagine and change their lives come on what did you find (laughs) oh we're having fun we're we're family we're good right all right all right so anyway let me let me keep moving on here um Some of the key words that we're focusing on as we're, as we're trying to build this family culture, okay? Agape, everybody say agape. agape. Unconditional love, okay? Koinonia, everybody say koinonia. koinonia. It's life on life fellowship. Oikos, it's family, household. Another one that we've talked about quite a bit is oikodomeo, Oikodomeo, all right. Oikodomeo is is um, when Jesus said, "On this rock I will build my church," and that word is build is oikodomeo. It's building. It's it's constructing something, but it comes from the Greek words oikos and dome, which is oikos is family, dome is is roof. So I'm I'm building a family and I'm building a home to shelter the family in. Upon this rock, this revelation of who I am, I'm gonna build. A home, a home, for my family to live in together, and I call this my church. Hallelujah! All right, and so these things—agape, koinonia, oikos, oikodumeo, these are necessary to have the kind of church community that God dreams of. This is what this is what Jesus died on the cross, and then he resurrected, and he'd spent three and a half years pouring into his, his disciples who became apostles so that he could pass the torch onto them to, and, and, and passing the great commission onto them so that they can be the church and grow the church and then save the lost. Why? To bring them into the church. But it's not just about bringing them into church services. It's bringing them into the family of God, sons and daughters of the Most High, saving the lost, because the lost are orphans who have been estranged from a good father, let's get them saved, and bring them into the family, guess what, that's the church, come on, and the entire book of Acts shows that type of a community, like, they were living missionally, and they were going out, and they were evangelizing, they were doing signs and wonders out in the public places, but guess what? They always come back home, always come back home, because home is the hub. Home is the family. Home is the place where we, get, we come together in common unity so that we're encountering God together or worshiping together. We're laying our lives down for one another. We're covering one another well. We're getting filled up together so that we can all go out and do the things that God called us to do out there, but we're doing it as an extension and a covering of the ecclesia called the family of God, the church. The church is supposed to go out into all the world. And bring the kingdom. But we're not supposed to go out into all the world and bring the kingdom and think that's the whole, because then it becomes isolated ministries. We're supposed to be a collection of family, one heart, one mind, loving one another well. The world will know who you are by how you love one another. So we come together. And we get filled, and we get downloads, and we worship the Lord. We get training equipped in how to do these things. And then we keep going out, and we bring the kingdom everywhere we go. That's how it looked in Acts. It's true. Paul didn't even... He he became the apostle that went out to the ends of the world. But guess what he did when he went to each place? He didn't just go preach the gospel and save a bunch, and then revival came, and then he moves on. What did he do? He planted churches everywhere he went. Why churches? Because churches are the family, it's the hub. It's the place where God needs his family to come together and and be an oikos together so that then they can go out from their family, change the world, but where does it start from? Home. (laughs) It's true. Please turn your Bibles over to Ephesians 4. <clears throat> Don't worry, I'll make sure to get some Christmas themes and messages this month too. It's <clears throat> what you're supposed to do, isn't it? <laughs> All right, I better turn my Bible too, huh? I'm telling you guys to turn it. I'm standing here just drinking water. All right, Ephesians 4. This is a passage we've been in a little bit. I'm going to start with verse 11 and go to 16. Please follow along. And he himself, talking about Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Again, that word edifying, it means to build up. It's that same word, oikodomeo. The same word that Jesus said, I'm going to build upon this rock, I will build my church. Oikodomeo. And, he, and this is saying that the fivefold ministers are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to edify the body of Christ, to oikodomeo, the body of Christ, which is the church, all right? It's to build the church up. It, when Jesus said, I will build my church, he actually is using his people to partner with for the building of this thing that is timeless, okay? We're not just like, come in here so we can do a a church plant for a few years, okay, called Overflow. We're we're not here just, it's not just we're just trying to see how many years we can get out of a church plant. (laughs) We're partnering with Jesus Christ, the Messiah himself, the son of the living God, Amen? amen, so that he can build his church, and he does it through the people submitting to him and flowing with him and loving well and edifying the saints. It's the edifying, it's oikodomeo. We're doing this to partner with Jesus, oikodomeo, his church, to, to build it up. Okay, so when we talk about edifying one another, it's more than just saying a nice, encouraging word. You're literally giving Jesus the, the, the portal to show up and put his, his spiritual hands unnatural people and work through them in the spirit and flesh collision to build ecclesia hallelujah it is it's amazing verse 13 until we all come to the unity everybody say unity, unity. until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that he, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody say, let's grow up, grow up. in all things. You say it, in all things. Into him. into him who is the head, is the head? Christ. Christ. All right, so we're a body. The, and and in, at the end of Ephesians 1, it says that the body of Christ is the church, okay? So anytime you hear about the body of Christ, it is synonymous for the church. And this is saying that we, as we're, as, we're, as we're coming together in unity and we're growing in the spirit together, we're growing up into the fullness of Christ. is the head okay so we're the body and we're growing from where we are into the head of Jesus Christ so right now the church in Jesus looks like a bobblehead because it's a big head in a good way (laughs) not a bad way anemic body all right but it's filling out it's coming it's getting better and it's getting stronger, and it's filling out. And this is saying that, we're, that God's going to keep doing a work in the people until the body comes into the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Whoa. Come on. Jesus is going to be revealed to this world as the mighty Yahweh God, full of glory, and he's going to do it through his church. Come on. That's what, he's, that's what he's building. That's what he's building. It's not going to always be a bobblehead church. He's filling out his body. Okay? It's getting better. The more that we submit ourselves to the ways that God's building and we give ourselves to this. And we love one another well. And we lay our lives down for one another unto Jesus Christ. And that we we come into unity and we we knit our hearts together and we have one heart, one mind on Jesus and what he's building, the more we're filling out the body of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to be able to walk this earth through us in full strength. (laughs) He's not coming back until that happens. Did you hear me? (laughs) <laughs> this says it's happening. It doesn't say, well, I hope this happens before I return. It doesn't even say anything about him returning, but it does say this is happening. So I can guarantee you he's not coming back until this has happened. My point is we are going to see a glorious, powerful, mighty, healthy church walking in the fullness of God on this earth. It's so exciting. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and it's worth everything. This is his plan. People, people demean the value of the church, and Jesus is like, what are you talking about? That is the way I'm doing this. It's my body. I want you walking this earth together so I can come in full glory. Where did I leave off? Oh, yeah, verse 16 Okay, so all this has happened, right? right? We're growing up into the, into the head, to where the body is proportionate to the head. Jesus is a good-looking dude, <laughs> and he's got a great body. <laughs> well, I'm going <laughs> to, you do that, you... do it. We're here to Oakwood to mail you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm here to build you up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> that, that needs to, we need to make a, a painting or something of that. All right, so Jesus, like he is making this thing amazing. All right? And, and we just need to give ourselves to this. We, we need to invest ourselves. There's so many people who, who they're, they're not vested in this because whatever reason, whether it's judgment or passivity, whatever it is, missing out on this beautiful, powerful thing that Jesus is trying to do. He wants to bring his kingdom to this whole earth, literally planning on doing it through the church. Verse 16, all right? From whom the whole body joined and knit together. Everybody say whole body. Whole body. Joined, and knit together. joined and knit together. Say that again. Joined, joined. Knit, together. knit together. We're going to come back to that in a second. By what every joint supplies. He says, every joint supplies. All right. This is, this is basically saying every joint needs to show up and supply what you're supposed to give. The, the, you, it's not supposed to be just the faithful joints are going to come and supply and make up for everybody else. No, he's actually trying to get everybody to realize I need to put myself into this because if I don't, this thing's going to be disjointed. Okay? He, he's, God is calling for full participation with his people to build this thing he's building. All right? So, it is, and it says, uh, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Everybody say, every part does its share. Does its share. So, he, he wants every part to do its share. Amen. Every. Not, not just, have you guys ever heard of the Pareto principle? It's, it's the 80 20 principle. And it says that usually, in most situations, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And then 80% of the people do 20% of the work. And then that's how you get your 100, right? But this is literally saying like every part needs to do its share. (laughs) How's my Yelp score going right now? We good? All right, cool. All right. All right, so every part does its share And causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I want to take a second and talk to you about that part where it says every part does its share. Share. Think about that word share. I have something and I want to share it. It doesn't mean I'm getting rid of it. It means I own it, but I'm now going to share it. So I'm going to to cause you to be able to participate and experience the thing that I have. Share, right? That when, when we share, we just made it both of ours. That word share in the Greek, I don't remember how, what it is, but I do remember seeing this. That are, that the root word of that word share is the same root word that's in the word unity. Cool. Unity. Unity. Okay, so sharing, there's something about having unity that, that requires every part showing up and sharing. Okay, I, I give you a part of who I am so that together we're, we're binding ourselves together with this thing that I'm sharing with you. Sharing knits hearts. <laughs> uh, you guys Greek geeks today or I need you to, need you to geek out with me a little bit. All right. and, then, and then it says that the, the, the body edifies itself in love. So that, this passage starts off talking about the apostles and the prophets and the, and the evangelists, pastors and teachers, edifying the church, oikodomeo, building the church up. But now it's actually saying that as the church is learning how to minister to one another, because we're supposed to be equipping everybody to learn how to do the works of ministry as everybody's showing up, knitting hearts together, building connection, building unity, sharing and, and supplying as able, okay? The, the, Where you guys are edifying yourselves now, edifying together. So everybody gets to participate with the work of Jesus building his church. We're all part of this. Am I, am I getting to the point of hounding this? Mm. <laughs> All right. I, I told you that we. I'm about to do more Greek geek, so stay with me, okay? I, I told you we're going to come back to this word where it says, um, well, where was that? Okay, verse 16, it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Everybody say joined and knit together. Okay. Now, if you think you guys know the word knit, right? Like knitting. So when you knit, which I have never done in my entire life, have no desire to do it. I'll let my mom do it. Okay. Some of y'all do it, and that's awesome. You can do it too. But knitting, like you're taking you're taking the the threads or whatever and you weave them together and, pull, and it pulls tight so everything is wound together and connected and joined together. It's, it's creating unity out of several different pieces of thread or whatever, right? Yeah. So, so it's when you bring multiple and weave together to become one. So that's, that's pretty easy to see that. You know, like if you think about it, <laughs> that means that that means there has to be like getting close, and it means we have to get we have to get around each other's lives, and we gotta we gotta pull together, and we gotta be intentional to to be. I I need to make sure that I'm helping support you, but I also need you supporting me. We gotta do this together, knitting. <laughs> okay. But, but let's look at that word joined now. It says, whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. That word joined, we're joining together, okay? Doesn't mean join a club, okay? Joining together. That's the Greek word. This is a lo- little longer. Sinarm, <laughs> help me, Jesus. Sinarmolo, logeo. You guys say it now. There you go. All right, you did better than me. Sinarmo logeo, okay? Sinarmo logeo. That word means joined, <laughs> as it says. Sinarmo logeo means to be joined together, to organize compactly, to be fitted, fitly framed together, to be fitly framed together, okay? And, and that word, logeo, because we just read about how the church, the body's coming together, right? That word is also two chapters prior to this in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. I'm going to read through this real quick. And I've read this to you. This this passage I'm about to read to you has oikos, 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 all through it in root words. Oikodomeo, oikodomeo. It's in there. It's that family. It's the... It's the household. It's the building of the household. Right? Oikos, oikodomeo, It's all in there. And so, anytime you hear something that sounds like family or housing or whatever, like just think of those words. But here we go. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. Everybody say, members of the household of God. He's a family God, guys. That's why he's called Father. Having been built on the the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, everybody say fitted together, together. it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Think about this. He's taken his bodies, he's taken each person, he's trying to fit us together. What is he building? A temple for himself. He's building a temple for himself. Whoa. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God. An oikos for God in the spirit. Powerful. That passage right there is is the blueprint of what God's trying to build right here in, in Overflow Church. It's coming together as a family under the Father, building it, not, not just so that we can have this nice community, but it's even more than that. He's building in us together, and unity is fitting us jointly together to build a temple so that he can come in with the fullness of his Shekinah glory. Are you serious? That's all. <laughs> like, I just said, God wants to bring a Shekinah glory to us. Hey. You know what, like we we pray for the outpouring and we pray for revival and we pray for these things and and people are going from here to there, whatever the thing is where it looks like it's happening. God's actually saying, if you will let me build my family that, that is centered on me and you come in together in unity, guess what, I'm actually building a temple so my Shekinah glory can come into your midst and I can overtake everything around you. I can fill you, consume you, flow out of you. You read the stories in the Old Testament when when Moses and Aaron built the tabernacle and the and the glory of God came and he filled it, and 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 people, 120 priests, were praising and worshiping the Lord, and they fell out in the glory. And, and, then the, and then Solomon built the temple and God's glory came. And it was just crazy. The cloud comes and all this wild stuff happens. Like those are Old Testament models of what God's wanting to do, where in the church. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and, and there, like there's people who, who want revival and want kingdom, but I don't know about the church. Yeah, well, guess what? You might miss everything God has if you can't get that piece because this is how he's doing it. <laughs> it says it right there. He's building a temple in his church, not, not by religion, not by the building, the natural building, the people coming together, being fitted and jointed together in unity, surrounded by God's presence, centered on him, and so he can make a place to show up in. Wow. So that it said that, in whom the whole building being fitted together, that's geo the same word, okay, being fitted together, geo. It's, it's being joined together, geo. it comes from three root words, sin, armozo, and guess what, lego, lego, <laughs> you know, like the toys, the toys, right, you build them and, and you, what do you do with them? You fit them jointly together so you can build and construct something, right? It's awesome. And, and the people who design Legos don't even have any clue that they named it after a Greek word that has to do with this. Because <laughs> I looked it up, and it just means like play or something. I don't know. In, the, in Dutch or whatever. But anyway, Scene armozo lego. seen means together so you can't get this on your own okay it's together and lego means to say or tell but I'm thinking more about the toy just because it's fun but assembling think about the the legos you assemble them right what are we supposed to do assemble together right okay but here's the word I really want to look at armozo because when it talks about being fitted together it has that root word armozo in it and this word kind of takes it to a whole nother level because this word, I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you what that means. Armozo. Because if you've you got to think about when God's trying to fit us together in unity and, so that he can build this thing that he's going to show up in in his glory. And he's building his, his body into the fullness of Christ. He's doing it as he's bringing us together and doing sinar It has this root word in it. Armozo. And it means to betroth, to promise yourself in marriage What's up, Gwen? Her brain just exploded. When it, when it says that he's bringing his body together and he's joining us together, seeing our moguleo, it includes this covenant, this I, I'm promising myself to you. I'm, I'm giving, I, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm giving my. I'm dying to myself for you is what that means. Okay, like when, when we get engaged to be married, like if you really mean it the way it's supposed to be, like you're, you're, you're saying we haven't, we haven't necessarily got to that day where we've made the covenant yet, but I am devoted to you and I'm going to give myself to you. I have an entire future until one of us dies. I'm giving myself to you and i start it right now. That's what this is talking about. this whole series, God's version of the church, like we're we're taking our time with it because it takes time to to renew our minds, to see things the way God does. Yeah. Yeah. He's way more into this than I think we've been trained throughout our lives going to church. It is a whole nother level. It's the it's the level of in the spirit. Of, of, a, of a couple being married to one another, but, but it's the church, and, and we're, like, the Lord's trying to knit our hearts together. <laughs> it's basically, I, I don't have the right to avoid going deep with you guys. Do you hear me? I'm not, and you, too, you don't have the right to decide not to go deep with people if you want to be all in with what God's doing. And like I said earlier, there's different levels, and that there's there's healthy ways. I'm not saying that. My point is simply we can't be people who are who are reserved and closing ourselves off and saying, "Oh, that that looks too too much for me." Jesus, Jesus is like, I thought you were following my way. Take up your cross. Hallelujah. God's God's trying to fit us together. Like, I know you guys want his glory. I know you do. That's why why you're showing up. That's why you're praying and and you're interceding and you've not given up yet. I know you guys want the greatness of God to show up. I know it. That's why I moved here from California. I believe for great things. And we and you guys have heard like how like countless prophecies about end time revival, and the glory of God coming and and covering regions and we know this. It's what we it's what we long for. It's what we believe for. But but here's the deal: How bad do you want it? Are, do you want to wait for God just to drop it in your lap? Because that will never happen somebody's going to pay the price for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean one person. I mean, I mean a body of people. Yeah. Because we won't get that without the way he's saying it's going to happen. Right. And, he, and we just read it. It's his church coming together in unity and him fitting us jointly together and, and building something together with common unity, common goal. That he's building something so that it can house something glorious that we've never seen before. There's a pathway from here to there, and it takes, it takes full commitment on our side to do the things and to become what God's designed for us to be, for him to show up how he wants to. And that's why I'm in this. I, I, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Whoever will go with me. You know what I'm saying? God's good. He has huge things he wants. Huge things. Things that, that far surpass what your wildest imaginations could ever, ha- could ever dream of. You guys know that beloved verse mm-hmm. Ephesians 3:20 same book I want to tell you a little secret about the book of Ephesians it's loaded with kingdom impact revelation but it's also threaded through the entire thing from the context of guess what the church <laughs> I'm not joking all the amazing things that's in here is literally coming from the, from the context of the unity of the church. Yeah. Ephesians 3.20 is one of the most powerful verses that we quote. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And we're believing for great things. Whatever you can dream up in your mind, he's saying, I'm going to go even beyond that. I've got big dreams. (laughs) He can go beyond that, according to the power that works within us. But that's not the end of the sentence. The sentence continues. Okay? Because it continues, not breaking sentence, to him be glory. Where? In the church. Are you serious? Yes, I am. It, this is saying that the, 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 when we see God show up and go beyond what we can ever dream or imagine, guess what? It's in the context of his church and us going after the stuff together in unity. Even the, even the verses right before is talking about the whole family being named on earth and in heaven, being named after the Father. It's in the context of the Oikos family of God. And then it flows into having encounters with God's love that's way beyond what you could ever imagine. And from that love, we get to come into this place where, where we're believing that God's going to show up and do beyond what we could ever dream of, where it's to the glory of God in his church. Whoa. There's people all around who are believing and claiming things and doing all this stuff, and but they're not actually building oikos. And I don't know if we're going to see it without that. I'm getting more and more convinced that God means this, but He means it through the entity of His church. I'm getting more and more convinced. I hope you are too, because I'm working hard to convince you. If you're not, <laughs> I'm serious. Between here and there, there's got to be this. And if we don't have this, we will we'll still be praying for revival in 50 years. <laughs> and then you're going to have to hope that your kids and grandkids are going to pray it in because it might be in 50 years past that if people don't ever embrace this because this is the way he's doing it. I'm telling you the truth. And, and man, let's just pray. Why don't you guys stand up? I had to cut my notes off again. Thank you, Lord. Are you guys getting anything out of this? Yes. So good. We're uh, we're trying to build something that God's looking to land in. He's looking for a family. He's looking for a temple that's made the way he said it needs to be made. Amen. God, we want you to show up and thank you that you have been. I thank you that you're here right now. Lord, I thank you for the for the family that we have and the unity, Lord, that you've been building in our church. I thank you for it. And it is here, Lord God. I thank you for it. I just pray that you'll help us to continue seeing from the, from the spirit level your value system for these things. Lord, I pray that you'll continue, Lord, to help us to renew our minds, Lord, because these might be new perspectives. Perspectives for some. I don't know, but but it, it's been a new perspective for me. I've been on this journey. I think it's probably, there are some new perspectives for every single person, but I ask you, Lord, that you will, um, Holy Spirit, just keep working this stuff in our hearts. I pray that you'll continue renewing our minds and, 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 and showing us any places where we need to adjust the way we perceive things, adjust the way that we've been showing up or, or, or not showing up, whatever it is. I pray, Lord, God, that you help take this past just ideas, Lord, into life expression, life transformation. Lord, where we determine, I'm going to put my life into this to see it happen. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it. Lord, you you said in this passage that every part needs to show up and do its share. Every joint needs to supply. And so I pray that you'll just show every person, Lord God, how can we be your oikos? How can we partner with you to oikodomeo, to build up your church the way that you dream it? God, we are, we are here for you, and we want you to share Show up in great glory. Yeah. <laughs> we want your glory. Yeah. We want everything that you have for us, God. We want you to manifest your kingdom in, in our midst. We want heaven to come in our midst, God. We want to be the, the hosting place for you. We want this region, Lord God, to encounter you because we did a good job of fully coming into everything you have for us. Help us, Lord, to know what does it look like for, for each person. to to just present ourselves as that living sacrifice to you, Lord God, to to come into the full thing that you have for us. Thank you, Lord God. I ask you to bless each person in Jesus' name, Lord, and deepen their encounter with you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I I thank you, Lord, that uh, even as blind Bartimaeus, who didn't know you and you didn't know him, but he just cried out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then you showed up, and and you you touched his eyes, and the first thing he saw was your face. And I pray, Lord God, that Lord, you didn't give a lesser version of your love to him that you did with John the Beloved. Lord, you gave him the whole encounter. And I, I ask you, Lord God, to show up for each person who hungers for you right now, Lord, that you'll show up and you'll you'll reveal yourself and you'll lather people and fill each other, each person with your manifested love in the name of Jesus. I pray now, Lord God. Now, Lord God, love in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, show us, Lord God, how we can fully come into everything that you've dreamed and that you believe we are, Lord, because you're calling the gold out and you know that we're greater than we believe about ourselves. And you know that your church is greater than it's been treated or, or stewarded or handled. Lord, you, you got greatness in your church and we just declare to the entire ecclesia, Lord God, that you will cause it to rise up and to look in the truth mirror, Lord God, to, to, to see who the church is rightly and that we will we'll shake off all things that don't look like you, Amen. to get renewed in truth, to rise up and be the bride of Christ, hallelujah, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's give God a a big praise. Thank you, Lord. You're good, Lord. Hallelujah. You're good, Lord.